I, I, I drove, I did three states in one day just because I could. I went to Victoria, New South Wales and South Australia all in one day. Had a great time and uh, went to Wentworth. Who's ever been to Wentworth? It's where the Darling River and the Murray River come together. It's, amazing. Oh, it's just awesome when you get there. It's just amazing to see the two rivers come together. And, um, and I got back and my mother-in-law had prepared this beautiful fish dinner and, and, and I was thinking all the way driving back, I'm thinking I should... I should stop and get a, a spring roll or something like that for dinner. But I, I thought, no, no, Pauline's mum will have something cooked for me. So I went there and she said, yes, you have these amazing uh, uh, fish. Um, it was, it was um, what are those fish that sort of look like they're sideways? That they sh- that was a flounder. She cooked me a whole flounder. And, and, and it was a New Zealand flounder. So that New Zealand revenge was coming on me. <laughs> And I ate this whole thing, and I must admit, it was, it was really quite a tasty fish. And I thought, oh, I like, I'm enjoying this fish. And it was the very last swallow, I think, I think I swallowed a bone. And I'm like, yeah, so you know when you, when you think and you're feeling something funny? So I thought, I, I sort of want to, I want to, you know, protect my dignity. So I thought, I'm just going to go outside, and I'm doing the old... <laughs> I'm thinking, the neighbours here are going to be thinking, what's going on out there? And it wouldn't move. So I, I think, well, I had to, had to swallow my pride and say, Pauline, I'm going to have to go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital till like midnight and, and the doctor finally comes and has a look and goes, oh, I can't see anything. I'm like, oh, like you can't see anything. It's like there's a stoby pole in my throat. What's the matter with you? So they, they said, oh, it's still not. You know what they said? They said, drink Coke. They said, have, have some Coke. It'll dissolve it. I'm thinking, this thing's like, it's like a... Like there's a pigeon in my throat. So I went back home, didn't sleep, was in agony. And they said, drink Coke. If that doesn't work in the morning, ring back. So I ring back. I need to see a doctor. So I go to see this other doctor. I can't see anything. I'm like, what's the matter with you? Then they sent me to a, here, get this, an ear, nose and throat specialist in Adelaide and I couldn't get in until 6 o'clock so this is nearly 24 hours of agony that I'm dealing with here of discomfort of torture all because I ate this New Zealand fish anyway the, the doctor he's stuck this thing down now, anyway to cut a long story short I had it surgically removed was the only way to get that thing out was to have surgery. You know what? The doctor grabbed it, but he grabbed my tonsil at the same time. And then, he, and then I was like, ah! So he stopped, and then I coughed, and it disappeared. So I think, at least I wanted to get the piece. We saw it. He showed me on the, on the, on the screen. He said, there it is there. And I said, yeah, let's get it. So, but, but when he tugged at it, and he was pulling on my tonsil as well, then... I coughed and, and it vanished. It went, disappeared. But it was very, very unsatisfying because I wanted to put that in a jar and bring it home, <laughs> show everyone. See, this was stuck in my throat for 24 hours. Anyway, it's great to have Danny with us this morning. Everyone give Danny a wave. She's from Adelaide. She's here as a student teacher. So it's great to have you with us and hope you enjoy Port Lincoln, so she'll be doing her student teaching here. And also this morning we have Alliston on, 
So we've got uh, Kimberly and uh, Michael, Pastor Michael up there doing a service in Alliston for us. And also we have Growth Track, um, our second group of growth trackers going today. So if you don't know what that is and you hear mention of it, it is a, a, a training course that we're doing in the church. And we're taking groups of people at about 12 at a time uh, to uh, teach people about our church and learn mostly about you and the gifts that are in you so that you can start being activated in who God has uh, created you to be and uh, make the church a better place. Is that good? So um, I'll have to disappear after the service. It's not that I'm being rude. I don't want to talk to you, but I have to lecture there. So I'll be vanishing stage right straight after the service. Thanks, Kyle. So this morning, I want to continue our series on the end days. And today's part five. And I've got a feeling this could be part end, but maybe not. Uh, it might keep going after today. But who's ever heard of Gog and Magog? You have? Oh, that's good. So that little picture there, I think, I, I'm not sure, but I think that's Gog and Magog uh, attacking the church, uh, um, maybe. So that's what I'm saying, that, that little picture is, uh, if you think, what's that? Well, they're, 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 they're enemies of God attacking the church. So all the little church people in the building there. Uh, not to scale, but that's okay. Um, so... So far, we've already looked at the rapture. Um, we've looked at the beast. Today, we're going to look a little bit more about that, uh, about that thing, the beast. The tribulation, the millennium. And if you want to listen to any of those messages, you can get them on our podcast anytime and uh, get them all together if you've missed some of those. So you can, you can get hold of those. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 in the New Living Translation says this. In the last days, God says... So get that. In the last days, who says? God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So that's what God says it's going to be like for his people in the last days. And we need to, we need to see that there's a positive fulfillment of prophecy of our time when the Holy Spirit will be upon us like no other generation of history has ever had. And that excites me. Because we need to be thinking, well, you know what? Other generations didn't get this outpouring of the Holy Spirit as what has been promised to God for those in the end days. That's incredibly exciting for me. So I think that when we think of end times, end days, it's important that we understand the times in which we have uh, and the times in which we live in and, uh, and, and spiritually, I think there is no better way or no better time to be living than we are right now and living with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you today, if nothing else, I want to encourage you to seek after God in a, in a new way, uh, with a new desperation, with a new fire. And as we go through this morning, I hope um, you'll be inspired to, to want to reach out and go after all that God has for you. So uh, I plugged in my phone uh, yesterday or the day before, I can't remember, uh, because I've been so busy because Pauline's still on holiday. So, you know, between putting in five loads of washing and folding the washing and cooking meals and, and, and doing all those pressures that come on a husband when the wife is away and I'm recovering from surgery too... I'm thinking, oh, when, I've been to that, when I went to that ear, nose and eye special, or throat specialist, whatever it was, 
And, and, and I walked out of there and Pauline's left me on my own. It's okay, you can sit down. To travel back all by myself while she just enjoys a birthday party with her little sister. Big sister, I know, the things I do for the family. But I plugged in my phone, I plugged it into the charger, and I wondered why it wasn't charging. It was plugged in, but the switch was turned off. Now, I want to, get, I want to bring you an application here. That's like going to church, going to church, you, you're plugged in, but if you're not filled and and operating and baptised in the Holy Spirit, you're plugged in, but you're not getting the power through. You're not getting the power into your life. And, and what I want to see happen, uh, this year we're, we're talking about fruitfulness in our life, and, and I want us to be a, a people, a church, that are fruitful because we're, we're not just plugged in, we don't just go to church, we are, we are plugged in with the power switched on, which is the Holy Spirit operating in us so that we can defeat every every opposition in our life that we can see things spiritually because there's too many times people uh, go through this this life which this life is broken but you don't want to go through life broken physically and also broken spiritually so when you start to plug in and turn on to the holy spirit then you start to see everything the way god wants you to see and you can live in victory so be plugged in Get the power through. So moving on to the end days, when people asked John the Baptist if he was the one that they'd been waiting for, he said this, Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered their question by saying, I baptise you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So I'm just warming you up today. The kind of church that Jesus Christ wants to see in the end days is a church that is, is filled with the fire of God, filled with a passion, filled with, with energy, filled with faith, filled with hope, filled with purpose. All these things come into a church that is filled with the fire of God. Turn to someone and poke them and say, you need a little fire. Hang on, some, some of you haven't, the way some of those, some of you are laughing, I think you're poking in the wrong places. But I'll tell you something, people say, well, you know, we're not sure about the, about the activation of the Holy Spirit and things like that these days. You know, John the Baptist, way before Jesus was even on the scene um, and publicly ministering, he's saying Jesus is going to come. Someone is going to come who's going to, who's, I'm baptizing you with water, which, which represented the people of Israel turning back to God, repenting of their sin. But he's saying someone else is coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that, that goes again to that, uh, marries up with that scripture I said before, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit. So the end days church is a Holy Spirit-filled church. So, on the, now, so I want us to get a picture of 
yourself and the Holy Spirit being plugged in, being connected, being filled with that power every day. On the other side of what God wants to do in the world is an antichrist system, a system totally opposed to God. And if you, if you want to do some research, you can look at Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 to 10. If you're taking notes, we're not going to look at all that this morning. We, we won't have time. But in Revelation 13, verse 8, um, and these, these are really important subjects that we need to understand, church, and we need to, we need to um, thoroughly investigate things ourselves. But the one thing that I'm sure of is, is there, there's a lot of things in the prophecies right from the Old Testament prophets through to the book of Revelation by John in our Bibles that, that have an element of mystery and some people can make a huge mistake by trying to analyse those things so much, trying to be so sure of themselves about what it all means and forget the most important part, which I'll explain to you later. So you all stay awake waiting for that. So Revelation 13.8 says, And all the people who belong to this world worshipped the beast. Now we, we figured out who the beast was a few weeks ago. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life. We talked about the book of life a few weeks ago. Um, that belonged to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. That's talking about Jesus being sacrificed for our sins. Now, Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17 tells us this. He, the beast, required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Who's heard of the mark of the beast? You've heard of that. Okay, so that's what this is relating to here. Um, the beast required everyone, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. So the mark of the beast is a personal identification system combined with a financial currency system or a, or a financial system and an identification system. So if you're not identified in this system in the end days, then you won't be able to operate a business you won't be able to buy anything you won't be able to go and buy your favorite craft cheddar cheese or whatever it is that you you want to buy or if you are a cheddar cheese salesman and you don't have a mark you won't be able to sell or buy anything do you get what i'm saying so with this id you can do business you can sell you can do whatever you want but without it you can't do business or buy or sell anything it goes further Without this identification, you'll be excluded from everything and separated for execution. Well, that sounds like fun. So in Revelation uh, 6, verses 9 and 11, it talks about uh, that John, the guy who saw this amazing revelation, he said he saw under the altar in heaven were souls of those who were martyred for their testimony in this time. Now, end, end day prophecies are all, you know, if you read the book of Revelation, I don't think it's a chronological record. There's a lot of things that seem to, you know, all, all happening and you think, well, hang on, that sort of already happened. But it's not a chronological order to it, but it's a revelation of, of events and things that are going to happen in the world that we just need to be aware of and ready for as the church of Jesus Christ. Um, so... I just want you to understand that. So for those who have this mark, they identify as a follower of the beast, the Antichrist, the government that seeks to overthrow God and his dominion on earth. And for more 
you know, for more reference on that, Revelation 13, 1 to 10, will give you a little bit more detail on that. So quite a few years ago, there was a, there was a, um, a bit of a campaign, a, a slogan that, that I saw kids getting around with, with refuse the mark. It was a, a popular slogan a few years back. And uh, we have to understand, though, the effect on those who would embrace this system. This mark of the beast, as it's known. Um, so, so quite a few years ago, people had T-shirts with uh, uh, "Refuse the Mark" or, or, or those um, uh, slogan-type things. This, what, that's what it was referring to. In the not so distant past, though, it was quite a mystery how this could, uh, how how there could be a, a a a way of marking everybody, a way of uh, uh, controlling uh, a financial transactions in these days though technology is is such that it's completely feasible that there could be and there probably already is a system in place that can uh, personally identify every person and uh, everyone would have a specific personal identification I'm not going to go into all the details of that technology but it's quite simple that we could do it today where they could mark every single human and uh, control all their transactions and unless we were playing by their rules, then you'd be excluded from operating in that system. So what will happen to those who refuse to take this mark? Those who will say, no, that's not for me. I don't want to get involved in that. Now, the other thing is that we need to understand is, is it will come through with, with a, a, a stealth and a, and a precision to it, that it, and I think it would happen so quickly that, that most people in the world would just say, oh, come on, just, it, 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 it's not anything, it's just, a, a, it's just another way of having uh, our banking done or our, our payments made. So it's, it's efficient and it'll look so normal, but you know what, that's, that's what we need to be aware of. So Revelation 13 verse 15 tells us, anyone who refuses the beast must die. That's paraphrased by me. But you can look it up how, what it really says. But it says, uh, Revelation 13, 15, anyone who refuses this mark of the beast must die. So that's the, the rules of this system. We'll say, if, if you don't take this mark, then basically we're going to execute you. You don't fit in our society. So there'll be no compromise, no leniency for those who refuse to submit to this uh, dominant world order. So who's, who's feeling excited about this? The beast is most likely a leader, a world leader, who combines political and religious control. And we need to understand this. It's not just a political control. They want to be uh, in control of people's religion. So there will be a false religion that will be cobbled together from various sources um, and that's unacceptable to born-again spirit-filled believers um, we cannot accept a form of religion that denies the total sovereignty of Jesus he's he's peerless and there is no other son of God um, it is his sacrifice and his sacrifice only and his resurrection that separates us from our sin and no other name can give us that and so I believe this system will, will come through and they say, well, you know, we're going to take the best of every philosophy, take the best of every religious order and we'll kind of put it all together and we'll call it something and, and that can be, that's what everyone can do. 
And, and you know, I guess in, in the sense where you don't have the truth of Jesus Christ, you can say, well, that's okay. It fulfills this part of my life for, for a social interaction, for a religious observance, and that'll do me. But you know, when you're filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, you can't accept that. Because you know the Son of God. You know who set you free. You know the power of the Word of God. And you're not going to accept something that is, that is a made-up program that is not from God. So of those who refuse to take the mark of the beast, it says they'll be beheaded. Revelation 20 verse 4 tells us they were beheaded. Um, but also it says they are resurrected and they will rule with Christ. So we need to realize that our physical bodies can perish, but we will rule with Christ. So the Apostle Paul warned Timothy, his friend, um, what to expect in the end days. So he says this in 2 Timothy 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5, um, he says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Why? For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Now, I've underlined that because that's going to be important to, to my next point. Scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred, They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. And he finishes his, his message to Timothy by saying, stay away from people like that. Isaiah 50 verse 20, it says, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is, and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. And we will see today that there is a, there's a thing going on in the world where values are being changed. I want to draw a connection here with the turning of values where once there was a common ground on what is right or wrong, now that all is blurred. Now that all is like questioned. This change of values is activated by a spirit that seeks to expel anything godly in the world. It mentions in, in that, uh, if you go back to that, that, those last points, the scoffing at God. It's a disregard for the word of God and the principles of righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.2, if, you if you're taking notes, just jot that one down as well. So I want to introduce you to the spirit of Gog and Magog, or Magog. Mentioned in Ezekiel 38 verse 2 and also Revelation 20 verse 8 and other, other parts of the Bible. I've just chosen two to show you that that you know, they weren't just invented in, uh, in John's revelation. They're mentioned of them through other parts of the Bible as well. But the spirit of Gog and Magog. Now, I don't want to focus on, on this. I want to focus much more on Jesus Christ and the power of the cross and the, the ability he has to change lives and bring healing and bring uh, 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 blessings and all those things in our life. But we need to 
realize some things that influence our life have a powerful spiritual background. So Ezekiel 38 verse 2 and Revelation 20 verse 8 both mention this spirit being active, prominent and persuasive in the end days. The, the, the word you, you need to realize is these spirits are persuasive. They're, they're not full-on frontal attacks that say, hey, look at me, I'm from the devil. They say, look at me, I'm just like Jesus. I'm just like God. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just as friendly. Sometimes these spirits are identified um, as, as nations, and I'm, I'm not sure on that. We can speculate lots of things and, and some people when they, they teach on these things, they say, well, well, Gog and Magog, that's this nation and that's nation. I, I think we need to realize that they're spiritual of nature and they're, they're, from, they're from a spiritual world and, and we're probably going to be a little bit skewed off if we're going to attribute them to this country or that country. Um, because you know, I think it's really, really um, uh, curious to me that, that they'll say, "Oh, they're the Russians, and that's China. Yeah, they're the baddies." But the USA, they're the goodies. That's this. I'm like, come on. You know what? What I think is amazing is Donald Trump says he's going to build a wall, you know, to keep the Mexicans out. I'm thinking the Mexicans are going to be less safe in America if they just stayed on the other side of the of the of the border. It's like you get shot in America. So Gog and Magog, the evil spirits that wage war against God in every way possible. Uh, They're active in the world today. They challenge godly order wherever they can. So they'll challenge godly order in our families. So a spirit of Gog and Magog says, well, parents can't have rights over their children. A parent can't teach their children certain things anymore. Uh, Gog and Magog will say, well, we're going to teach, teach children what values that they should have. Um, that's a spirit that is, is infiltrating the world. Um, they wage war against the church. They wage war against society. And the spirit, wherever it can, will seek to infiltrate the church. So they dishonor God. They operate through those who dishonor God. You think, well, how, how do they dishonor God? See, we, we dishonor God in, in lots of ways. So if you're ready, if, you want, if, you, if you're not going to get offended with me, I'll need a show of hands here, otherwise we won't go there. But do you want to know how we can dishonor God? With the spirit of God and make I don't know if you're ready. Because you know, if you get, get offended with me and, 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 and not like me, I want you to like me. So the ways in which we dishonor God, which are, is the spirit of Gog and Magog, is when we withhold our giving, when we withhold our service, when we say, well, it doesn't matter if I go to church or not. That's the spirit of Gog or Magog that says, you know, you dishonor God when you dishonor his church. Oh, yowch. That's like a splinter in your throat. But these spirits will, will seek to infiltrate the church. So you're thinking, well, I don't want to dishonor God. I, I don't think I do that. Here, here's some other more practical ones. Uh, when we dishonor pastors and leaders in the church. Oh, yowch, where's the fun in that? They dishonor the word of God. So you know what the word of God says about, about certain things. And you think, well, I'm going to dishonor that. 
So the, the, the word of God will say, don't, don't, be, don't be unequally yoked. Well, I'm going to go on a business with my friend over there who, who happens to be a pagan. But oh, that's okay because he's a good guy. You know, that's dishonoring the word of God. So they dishonor the word of God. They dishonor faith. So when someone says, hey, look, I'm, I'm really believing I need to step out in faith. I'm going to, I want to um, take on a ministry. And then someone would, would say, you know, oh, you can't do that. No, you, 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 know, you haven't been trained. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough or whatever it is. That's dishonoring faith. Uh, we dishonor the gifts and the operation of the Holy Spirit in the church. That's dishonoring God. And all these things seek to infiltrate the church. And so the church becomes dysfunctional. Uh, weak, uh, um, ineffective. It all starts by a spirit that wants to infiltrate the church and say, stay ineffective. I tell you what pulls a church apart is negativity, criticism and a dishonouring spirit. And it's birthed by a, a voice of Magog that says, don't take the word of God too seriously. Don't take, the, you know, don't take the gathering of, of the church together too seriously. You're taking this all too seriously. You know something? I want to take seriously reigning and ruling with Jesus when he returns. And I want to be ready for that and not be disqualified from that. Oh, I better get, oh, I better get a, bit, a bit personal now. You know something? You dishonor God when, 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 you, when, you, um, when there's things active in the church and you say, oh, no, we're not going to do that. My kids don't have to go to a youth group. My, my, my family don't need to go to kids' church. Um, you know, there's, there's other things that they can do. You know something, one of the most powerful things you can do, and, and if you're a young person, you need to listen to me. You need to get with other young people, and you need to say, uh, sharpen me spiritually. Because if, if you don't learn how to do that now, you're going to lose the plot, and you're going to find yourself wandering through life, and you'll get hooked by every stupid idea. You'll get caught by every trap that there is, and you'll live with regrets. You'll live with shame. You'll live with, you'll live with uh, 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 accusations from the devil saying, you can't go back now. You know, you're better off to learn, God, I want to be in the house of God. I want, to, I want to be where you want me to be. I want to be with others who are bringing out the spiritual parts of me, and I'm not going to miss out on that because the devil lied to me Magog lied to me and said my youth group wasn't cool enough but the, the big one is oh there was no one my age there was someone 12 and a half there was someone 12 and a quarter there was someone 12 and three quarters but there was no one 12 and just a bit <laughs> I've been a youth pastor I was a youth pastor for 23 years I've heard it all and you know what? That's where parents need to start saying, no, I'm going to do this for your good. You need to get into the house of God. You need to start to discover the gifts of God in you. You need to, you need to, be, you need to be fighting against the spirit of Gog and Magog in your family and saying, I'm going to provide you with, with the, 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 the kind of influences that are going to cause you to reign and rule with Christ. Man, I'm really punching hard today. So we've got to be wise to protect the unity and build the church any way we can. We've got to be wise. So the aim of this series is let's not fuss about who the Antichrist might be or might not be or who Gog and Magog are. Rather, it's going to be much more profitable to be acquainted with Jesus. Despite... What the world may become, remember this, Revelation 12, verse 11. 
this is from the NIV. It says, they triumphed, this is the church, they triumphed over him, by, over the Gogs and the Magogs, over the Antichrist, by the blood of the Lamb, that's our testimony, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. In Revelation 20 verse 4 says, Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of, of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. At least someone's excited. We've got to keep our attention upon Jesus. And whatever place we find ourselves, we've got to keep to the Word. We've got to keep our testimony pure. We've got to keep to Christ as the anchor, as the rock, as the, as the, the focal point of our purpose. We've got to keep our faith in the blood of Jesus. He's the one who washed away our sin. He's the one who took away the penalty that was meant for us and bore it in his body. And in, in some, you know, some mysterious way, in, in a spiritual way, he says, you didn't deserve it. You, you, were, you weren't strong enough, big enough, good enough. But he says, I'm going to wash you clean. And because you, you, you are mine, you're going to rule and reign with me for eternity. We're going to keep our attention upon that. Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7 says, Seek the Lord, call on Him, change your ways, for God forgives generously. That's paraphrased by me there. But God forgives generously. So we might have got things wrong. And sometimes we, we're thinking, well, you know, I've got things so wrong. I'm so far from God. Uh, I'm, I'm so confused with life. You know something? You just have to think of where you are today and say, well, I can't fix up the mess that's behind me, but I don't want to live in the mess in front of me. That's where you say, God, I want to seek you. I want to call on you. I want to change my ways so that I can live for you. And God forgives generously. I love that, that description. So the most important point is that we be the church that succeeds in our call and our duty to be the light to the world. That's our call and our duty. Why don't we just stand together this morning and I'd love to pray for you this morning. I'm not sure how we'll do this, but perhaps if you just close your eyes, just to give people some, some privacy here this morning. <clears throat> perhaps you're here and you desire the Holy Spirit. Because I know God wants to pour out the Spirit upon people who will just ask for that. It's a free gift. The Holy Spirit isn't salvation, but it's, a, it's the power. You don't want to be the Christian going to church every week. You're plugged in, but you are not got the power switch turned on. Because when we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we see differently, we think differently, we speak differently. 
we activate differently. We read the Bible differently. We pray differently. We interact with other people differently. And sometimes you think, you know, you, you see things that happen in church and you think that should never happen in church. I think that happens when people are plugged in but not switched on. And my desire for you today is that you not only plug into a, a good church, but you switch on and let the Holy Spirit energy flow into your life. Perhaps you, you just want to walk closer with Jesus this morning. And you're thinking, you know what, I'm here today. And, and I do thank you for coming to church this morning. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I apologize if I've, 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 I've punched you up a bit. But it's, I probably punched the other person next to you a bit harder. But perhaps you're just thinking, well, I came to church because I do want to get myself closer to God. I do want to start steps where I, I, I find my way to God's plan and purpose for my life. Hopefully this morning you can just make a decision that says, yes, Jesus, I want to do that. And I know as, as I was just praying about this morning's service this week, the Holy Spirit showed me there's people who are battling with fears. You're battling with fears. Some of you are battling with demonic fears that somehow or other there's been a spiritual attachment, get its tentacles on you. And you're thinking, well, I kind of know what I should do. I know what God wants me to do, but I got myself so messed up. I got myself entangled and there's a spiritual dynamic going on like a Gog and a Magog that confuses everything in your life. So you're thinking, one day I want to serve God. Monday, you think, oh, I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't care. Tuesday, no, no, I'm, I'm just going to go for the other stuff in my life. Wednesday, oh, I, I, I feel like God's speaking to me again. And you've got this constant battle going on. You need to be plugged in. You need to be switched on to the Holy Spirit that the voice you hear the loudest and the clearest and the best is the voice of the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do this morning... We're going to pray for people today. And, and I know sometimes I go, just put your hand up. It'll be just nice where you are. You know what? Today, you've got, to, you've got to do something physical. You've got to step out. You've got to say, you know what? I'm stepping past the, the influence of the Gog and the Magog. I'm stepping past the lies of the devil. I'm stepping out of my spot and I'm going to come to the front. I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to make a declaration. I'm drawing a line in the sand that I'm going to rule and reign with Christ. If that's what you want to do this morning, then I invite you to come. I'm just going to, you know, I'll have some of the team pray with you. We're not going to ask you anything. We're not going to uh, ask you to sign up to anything, but we're just going to pray for a spiritual breakthrough, for a power deposit of the Holy Spirit to come into you and we're going to help you to switch on the power don't just be plugged in but switch on so come on i just invite you to come as we sing something this morning as a team leads us i'm invite you to come and